Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletail from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from upstate New York is Chris Audette. Chris is Senior Director of Research at Gartner. And today we're going to be talking about research they just did into the compliance burden. First, Chris, thanks for taking the time away from your day to talk to us. Adam, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Excited to be on. Oh, great. Glad to hear it. Now, you did some interesting research in what you or Gartner termed the compliance burden. First, can you define what it is and what did you find? Absolutely. So interestingly enough, we did not have clients coming to us saying, especially on the compliance side, right? I know I'm creating burden for employees. Help me solve for that, right? That would be optimistic of us. That's not the question they came to us with. They actually came to us and said, you know, in a kind of peak COVID environment, I realized there might be a moratorium on the kind of policies and trainings that I can share with employees. And it really feels like I'm just not reaching them the way I need to. So tell me more about controls. What can I do in terms of embedding controls within employees' workflows? How can that be my way of sharing compliance obligations in a way that's going to be more readily consumed by employees? That's my way of controlling for risk. So we actually started down this path, not to try and investigate what compliance burden would look like. We started on the path learning about embedded controls. Why do they work? Where do they work? Where are they most effective? What are the kinds of controls leading companies are deploying? And as we started to study that, we found this really interesting thing, which is that embedded controls work because they reduce risk. That's not altogether that surprising, right? If you've ever been stopped in a T&E uh, system before from booking a hotel or booking a flight because it doesn't meet T&E travel and expense requirements, you know what those controls might look like. Um, it's not just that they prevent risk, it's that they reduce burden. And burden takes a lot of different forms. And we kind of thought cognitively of all the different burdens that might be created when you go to do a basic workflow. You might not recognize that there's even a compliance obligation there. You might not even remember that there's an obligation that you need to apply, right? You might not be able to find what that obligation is or even understand how to apply it. And then you don't even know how to carry it out once you do know all those things. So all these different facets of where burden might appear within the workflow that compliance is perhaps added to, we really just wanted to tease all that out and understand more about how we could maybe mitigate that burden to get to a place where we weren't creating more risk. But doubling down on that point, no one came to us and said, we want to make it easier for employees. Let's reduce burden. It came to us with this question of embedded controls. And what we found out about those controls is that there's a huge impact they have on reducing burden. You know, it's, I find that an interesting exercise because, you know, you, we tend to think about all the things we ask employees to do, you know, and, and know that there's a burden there. And the idea that if you, instead of sort of make it separate, but embedded into process, it actually makes things a lot easier for the workforce. Yeah. Uh, now, not everyone in an organization will have the same burden. What departments or types of employees tend to have the highest burdens did you find? Yeah, one of the things we learned actually, which was so fascinating is that not everyone has the same burden. And in fact, the groups, as you said, that might be experiencing the most burden are actually the groups that are least attended to by compliance. What does that mean, right? So where do we typically target in terms of the functions that need the most support, right? We think about our commercial teams, perhaps, right? The seniority levels that maybe need the most support. We think about our frontline employees that are new to the organization. 
we think about the tasks that need the most support, right? We definitely think about commercial and marketing related content. Um, but in fact, burden doesn't appear in those workflows or for those seniority levels or for those functions to the same extent it does for those that we really haven't attended to in the past. And by that, I mean, the most burdened functions are those that we don't even think about that often, like R&D teams or engineering teams or strategy and planning teams or supply chain teams. The most burdened seniority levels are often those that are most senior within our business, like our SVPs and our EVPs. Now, why is that? It's because the other groups, the frontline employees, perhaps, or our commercial teams, they're getting compliance messages often. Right. There's a high degree of volume and frequency with which they might be hearing about uh, new communications from compliance or new processes, new procedures. But these other groups are less attended to. They don't have that same high level of attention from compliance, which might reduce the burden. So when they go to tackle a business process with a compliance obligation within it, they have to really reach back in their memory to think about what is it I'm supposed to do here? I know there might be something or for maybe a more senior, more tenured member of the company, they're thinking about the two or three processes that were you know, proper or correct maybe a few years ago, but they've been iterated upon and they've changed over the years. It's really burdensome to try and think through all that. And so they're more apt to create risk because they're experiencing more burden. So burden can create risk but it's not necessarily synonymous with the highest risk groups that we typically think of and that was really insightful for us well and that to me points to the fact that when you know a group you identify risks we spend time trying to make it easier for them to manage the risk but when we don't necessarily think about what are the risks, what are the challenges these people face we're actually giving them more work to do because they don't have the resources. Is that correct? That's right, because they are struggling for those kind of facets of burden. They're struggling to remember what it is that they're supposed to do, to understand and apply it, and then to execute. And maybe frontline employees or those that we've been priming with our guidance for many years have that degree of familiarity, right? They're not reaching back to do that, um, that, that task. But in this case, we've got other groups that are saying, you know, kind of raising their hand and saying, I'm not really sure. And I might be a smaller set of your employee base, um, but I'm definitely more likely to create risk for you because I'm experiencing that high burden. Fascinating. Now, now some are going to say, look, the burden simply reflects what the laws require and there's nothing compliance can do about it. It sounds like, though, you didn't find that's the case at all. It's not. So, in fact, a couple things that I think are important. We're talking about compliance burden specifically, right? So very much honed in on there may be a burdensome business task. We certainly have those, right? All of us are subject to those. But we didn't probe that in our research. We were trying to figure out where is compliance creating burden by virtue of the obligations that it's requiring employees within that workflow. And so what we wanted to tease out then is what are the facets of that burden? Where does it appear and which workflows and for which employee groups? But it's really not specific to you know, the weight of the regulation that might be behind it. It's really about compliance's ask. Have we streamlined that ask in a way that is friendly enough for employees to remember, understand, and execute? And that probably has much less to do with the substance or the text of the regulation itself, much more so in terms of how we present that ask to the business. Now, so when it comes to those asks, uh, that's one part of this, you know, really another way of talking about the steps businesses have to take. 
What are some specific steps compliance teams can take to relieve the business people of these burdens? Yeah, so we, we itemize kind of three distinct steps that are out there for folks, and it really comes down to those elements of burden, right? We have to help our employees remember better. And that means that we know so much of training content is lost immediately after the training, right? Or within a few months thereafter, we know that communications might not be read or click-through rates are showing kind of poor consumption. We can help them remember by putting our controls a little closer to decision-making. Pop-ups or nudges within workflows help us do that. Um, to help them understand, what are the different ways that we might ask employees to maybe put in just too many judgment calls into the workflow that aren't really necessary? So can we simplify the ask and make more choice-based questions, for instance, for employees, asking them to lean on facts alone and not items that require them to make judgment calls? All of that creates burden. Let's create as many choice-based questions or choice-based ask as possible. What does that actually look like? It means within maybe filling out a third-party due diligence questionnaire before escalating it, we could actually embed within that questionnaire just a couple of multiple choice items that would help compliance get a handle on the risk more easily than a lot of open field questions, which our employees don't want to fill out anyway. In the last bit, this kind of helping them execute, can we think about where within the employee workflow right now can we meet them where they are? And we profiled a few cases here for companies that had success, for instance, in um, uh, embedding controls for conflicts of interest disclosure within HR management systems. Not separate systems, just thinking about where is the employee already in this HR management platform and how can we meet them in that platform and get better completion rates for our conflicts disclosure, for instance, right? What are the things that are common for our employee groups? Where, where are they likely to be consuming this content? How can we meet them where they are? And the more you do that, uh, you know, the more you turn compliance from something that seems like an intrusion than more of a service orientation. Now, there's a risk, of course, that relieving the burden too much may leave an organization exposed. Um, how can you know if you've gone too far in making it too easy for people? It's a really good question. And it's something that definitely came up in our presentation of this content to our compliance leaders, because you can imagine you know, hearing your question and a little pushback, which is, I thought we just wanted to educate our employees to make great decisions, right? And, and kind of be that force on their shoulder that's kind of shepherding them to the right decision, especially when there's a gray area. If I make it too easy, am I actually eroding some of the value that I might have created in them as decision makers across the last several years? Um, well, I'll say in direct response to your question, I don't know if we know the answer of is there too much, but I will say this, and it resonated with me after a client shared it in one of our sessions. Uh, what she said is, you know, this makes sense to me because there's so many spaces that are gray areas where we want to preserve employees' capacity to think through those things and not be burdened to make the best judgment call at kind of the peak of their cognitive effort, right? Um, where I can make it easier, I should. And I think that becomes the MO here, right? Where we can make it easier and reduce burden, we should, because we wanna preserve cognition and capacity to think about those more difficult issues and gray areas that we haven't yet thought through. Um, and, and by having more embedded controls, we can preserve the cognition for those efforts. 
That's a fascinating take on things and a different way to approach the idea of what do compliance control means. Um, Chris, thanks for sharing these really interesting insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaup from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>